Welcome everyone to another edition of the Robin Genius Podcast. We are almost done with October. I got like a week and some change left. Um, 2021 going really fast. And like a song from my favorite music group says, "Day these days run away like horses over the hill. <laughs> Sounds a lot better when Bono was singing it than when I'm saying it here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I've got some things to kick around this week uh, the NFL stuff you know post John Gruden is still kind of percolating or simmering or whatever word you want to use and it looks like the NFL has managed to deep six some worse news than the Gruden stuff and I'm going to get to that later and get to why they managed to do that and I'll just as a prelude to that just some of you who are around my age or maybe a few years younger even might remember the show Playmakers it was on ESPN uh, it was about a fictional football team and it actually was a pretty successful show but after one season the NFL guys decided that, well, they said that, you know, this is not an accurate description of professional football players and da 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 da. Reality is that the stuff that went on that show was a little bit too on the nose. So they, the NFL guys essentially told ESPN, well, gee, we see you got your little TV show here, but you guys also have. You know, NFL games that you broadcast in partnership with us, it'd be a damn shame if something happened to those games, wouldn't it? And Playmakers got canceled <laughs> after one season, right? Um, yeah. So that's what we're talking about here. And I'm going to get more into that later. But yeah, if, if, if you're a media partner of the NFL and there's something out there that they want to be flushed down the memory hole, you're going to flush it. But that's not all for this week. Uh, Colin Powell passed away. I'm going to talk a bit about him. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, basketball season started. And for the first time in a long time, us Knicks fans are optimistic going into the season. And, I mean, long time, but glad it is here. <laughs> and there's more basketball stuff to get to because the NBA put out like its NBA 75 team and it stinks. But, <laughs> I mean, you know... Well, I'm not 75 team. It's top 75 players over the top, you know, over the 75 years that the NBA has been in existence. And yes, the list stinks. And I'm going to get to that later. So, 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 let's get to going here. But before I start like the show, actually, look, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, well, I'm going to play this now because this is a proper representation of Knicks fans. <laughs> going into the season I'm going to get to the basketball stuff later but I'm just going to leave you off with this just to let you know how we get down <laughs> Double fucking overtime What the fuck baby New York 
York is fucking back. Knicks are here, baby. The Knicks are fucking here, baby. Fresh out the corner, baby. We're taking it all the way. We had De Blasio. We had Cuomo. It was rough shit. But we have the Knicks. That's New York. Knicks run New York City. Bing bong. Tell me a little something, KD. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Let's go, Knicks. Let's go, Knicks. And you know what? Tom Brady's a fucking bitch. Yeah. Fuck Tom Brady, yo. Fuck Tom Brady. Where the bread at, Tom Brady? I need some bread, nigga. He owe me. Fuck Boston. <laughs> yo, you thought Trey Young was still good? He still ain't good at Dyke, man. You smoking on that Boston pack tonight, you right? Fuck Trey Young. Fuck Trey Young. Fuck Trey Young. Fuck Trey Young. All right, uh, moving along. NBA released their NBA 75, 75 greatest players because the NBA is 75 years old now. And this means I was old enough. I'm old enough to remember the NBA 50. And now here we are at 75. And the NBA 50 list was... Had some, was, there was a lot of bullshit with it. Like, Dominique Wilkins wasn't on the NBA 50. Like, come on now. But the NBA 75 list, unfortunately, has some, some bullshit to it, too. So, on... Like, some of the people who were snubbed for the NBA 75... Um, Dwight Howard... Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Adrian Dantley, right? Um, now, of course, you're going to ask, well, if you put them on there, who do you take off? Well, then there's some easy answers. One, okay, Anthony Davis is what made the 75. Anthony Davis. Instead of Dwight Howard. There is no measure in which... You can say Anthony Davis's career has been better than Dwight Howard's. Okay, Anthony Davis, for one, has been injured a bunch. Um, and he got a ring with the Lakers, and Dwight Howard happened to be on that team also. But right, Anthony Davis topped out his, his peak right now. He's still playing. His peak is he's number two guy on a championship team. Now, like, the number one guy was LeBron, so, I mean, that's not any shame or disgrace. But Dwight Howard was the number one guy on a team that made the finals, okay? He got to the—he took the team to the finals. Anthony Davis, as far as I know, never got past, like, the second round when he was the number one guy on the team. Okay, Dwight Howard has, like, a shit ton of rebounding titles and defensive player of the year. I think led the league in blocks a few times. Dwight Howard, with a busted shoulder, won a rebounding title. Um, let me say that again, just in case you didn't hear me. Dwight Howard, with a busted shoulder, won the rebounding title. All right? The only thing Anthony Davis is better at is scoring points. Dwight Howard was better at everything else. And he took a team to the finals. And I think he finished 
I'm sure he finished in the top five for MVP at least once. Okay. So, yeah, um, that's an easy swap right there. All right, that's recency bias, and it's also because there are a lot of people who straight up hate Dwight Howard. They hate his guts. For a bunch of different reasons. Because he constantly gets slighted for all types of things. But he but you know that's not the only one, right? Um like Bill Walton continues to make these lists. And it's because we love Bill, right? Bill is probably you know one of the best commentators, he's one of the funniest commentators to listen to, one of the most entertaining commentators to listen to. And you know, and it's funny how that took a turn because for a while, you know, it was just man, Bill talking crazy. And then over time it became endearing and because Bill just seems to be just a most lovely human being and you know when you get to a certain age and you, you learn to stop taking everything so damn seriously right? Bill, Bill's your guy and Bill Walton was top five college basketball player of all time to this day still is all right, I mean, Bill, Kareem, um, Christian Leitner, and we can, we can fight over the other two. But Bill, top five college player ever. And he was a top five NBA player for a couple of years. But then he started getting, but then, you know, injuries set in. And now for those couple of years... He was MVP, and he led a team to the championship. Okay. It's great. But for most of his career, he was fighting injuries. And it's not his fault. Injuries are not your fault. But the injuries that happened, he missed a shit ton of games. And when he did play, after, you know, it, it just wasn't up to snuff or up to the same level it had been before. All right. You, you, he did not have a Hall of Fame NBA career. All right. Now there's just basketball Hall of Fame, and there's no separate Hall of Fame for college and pro basketball. So he's a so yes, he is a basketball Hall of Famer. But he did not have. Look, if if there was a modern equivalent of Bill Walton, who maybe went like one and done in college, and or didn't go to college at all, but then he had like a few Hall of Fame pro years and the rest of it, he was just an injury prone mess. That guy would not be in an NBA top 75, okay? And I don't know, I think they keep putting Bill in there because everybody loves Bill. And, you know, by putting Bill in there, then, you know, it gives you a reason to go talk to him about stuff. And everybody loves to listen to Bill talk about stuff. And there's also, amongst a lot of older people, there's some real sympathy for him because of how his pro career went with the injuries and all of that. But when we're making a top 75, where you're going to have to exclude some great basketball players, then if we're going to be real with it, then... 
you know, you, you got to stop putting Bill on these lists. Okay. But you do. Because, you know, Dwight Howard needs to be on this list, right? Vince Carter was left off this list. I, I, you know what, top 75 NBA players? Would I put Vince Carter on? Yes. Right, Adrian Dantley was not on this list. Right, I mean... And then there are jackasses like Reggie Miller who should be run out of town. Right, I mean... Look, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm biased. I hate Reggie Miller. So he should go. <laughs> okay? <laughs> How about that? But anyway... Um, yeah, it's, you know... And then, and then the other side of that, um, you know, while I just ragged on one of my elders, the other the other side that's coming out of this is just a lot of younger folks now just don't respect the older players, right? I mean, people just say that you know Russell and Chamberlain would be you know food in today's NBA. And you even have some people saying that, well, Michael Jordan just played against a bunch of janitors. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was still playing in 2001, okay? Michael Jordan stopped playing in the NBA two years before LeBron started playing, okay? LeBron played against a lot of, some of the same people that Michael Jordan played against, all right? So that's ludicrous. And also, I mean, look, Will Chamberlain's one of the best athletes in human history. Alright. And he played during a time where you rode from city to city on a cramped, uncomfortable bus instead of like flying charter. Um, he played during a time where he had to stay in second rate hotels because the first rate hotels didn't let us come in there. All right, um, it's just different time, different training methods, different, you know, Elgin Baylor at one point, you know, was on active duty in the military. He was serving during the week, playing on the weekends. Okay. That type of thing doesn't happen now. So if you're going to, you know, if you're going to compare errors, you got to, you know, people who played under those kind of conditions. If you, you were to bring them forward to now, then they wouldn't be playing now with those same conditions. Right? I mean, you wouldn't bring somebody from 1970 to two, 2021 and make them play in 1970 sneakers. Right? You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't make them ride the bus from city to city. Um, you know, you wouldn't prohibit them from using, you know, modern day training methods and nutrition and all that stuff. You wouldn't do that. So you can't really judge. You judge them by their era and whether, you know, they dom did they dominate their era? How much better were they than the people in their era? That kind of thing. What did they accomplish in that era? Because otherwise you sound like a big dummy. So, respect the elders. Okay. Children. <laughs> all right i mean you know 
to, to, to quote Michael Irvin, we're losing recipes. <laughs> what are we doing here? Anyhow, all right, but basketball, right? Well, oh, about the NBA season started, and my New York Knicks won like a awesome double overtime game this week, and it was a like heart attack special, and thankfully they pulled it out. So look, I'm gonna I'm riding with them. This this is my first time being fully back in the NBA in a long time. And yes, it's because the Knicks are good. <laughs> okay. But um yeah, we're going we're, we're going we're going to ride with it this season. And I'm going to try to get to the garden for a game. And if I'm able to pull that off, I will tell you guys about it. And anyhow, all right. So that, that's basketball talk for this week. <laughs> Let's move along. Well, um Colin Powell passed away. Um man Look, this is not one of those easy subjects to really handle here because, look, Colin Powell, unfortunately for him, one of the biggest things that he did later in life was help sell the Iraq war to the American people. Um, and that's not something you can just gloss over, right? Um, at the same time, he... Look, he probably had the most distinguished military career of any black man outside of guys like you know, Benjamin O. Davis, who was somebody you should Google and read about if you never heard the name. Or, you know, Chappie Daniels is another one you should Google the name, right? Um, those are a couple of men that my father told me about. Of course, as anyone who has listened to this show for a while knows, my father was a military man. And look, we always have weird... Look, um, our relationship with the military is, well, complicated. It's complicated every, you know, every country, you know, of course. Um, and being a black man in the military is more complicated because you know we it's easy to say and I think in a lot of instances it's true that we give just you know a little too much easy deference to just the act of wearing the uniform but then that easy deference is was not was not and still is not given to black people or Hispanic people or other non-white people who wear the uniform. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, probably shouldn't put those guys on a pedestal for no, just because, but we never got that pedestal. So it would have been nice to at least have been on it for a few minutes before we started talking about you know, doing away with it, right? Um, <laughs> but that's the case with a lot of things in this country, and that's another topic for another day. But, um, you know, I would say, look, he earned the respect that, the respect that we give military generals, retired military generals, got men who were, you know, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the respect that we give, that we have given those men throughout history 
he should get it due, right? I mean, the things you can criticize him for are problems with the institution of the military in this country and with the political system in this country. Um, that doesn't mean he gets a pass for you know, decisions he made, but still. Um, yeah, you know, I would say that just, you know, when it comes to things like that, um, again, criticize him for the role he played in selling the Iraq war. You can criticize him for, you know, certain decisions he made while in command, right? I mean, you can do that. Um, but while you're doing that, he still deserves the same honor and respect we give people who have served in our military like he has and who have, you know, risen to the heights that he did. Um, they, he deserves that. You know, you know, we can have the conversation about just how much deference we should give people in the military. We can have that another day. And we should have it another day. You know, because look, it's similar to the conversation about, you know, the police and what have you. Okay. Um, and, you know, look, he deserves his place on the wall with everyone else who we have, you know, lionized for their military career. <laughs> okay. I mean, in a country where there's still people who want to, you know, recognize Confederate generals. I mean, hell yeah, he deserves honor and all that stuff, okay? You know, we can, you know, we can make a big thing out of individual decisions that he made, you know, once we're done with, you know, Confederate generals, right? I mean, look, I mean we have statues in this country that are still being taken down of men who were, who took up arms against their own country and who were traitors. Um, I don't think it's too much to give someone who never did such a thing and who, whose actions and whose decisions, even the ones that we will look back on as not being good, were done in service to his country. Um, I think we can do that. navigate his way all the way up the military chain as a black man in the 1970s and 1980s. Um, no easy feat. Almost impossible feat. Okay. Um, he did that. And that is an accomplishment. That is something to be, to be proud of. And look, and you know, and Look, it means something for more from military brats like me. It means more than probably some of y'all. All right. Um, and look, yes, I do have, you know, a certain amount of, you know, I guess reverence for the men and women who put those uniforms on. You know, because my father, like, well, my dad was one. Right. Um, and... Look, obviously they're responsible for the decisions they make in their own lives, but 
you know, that they do take a risk putting on that uniform. And it is done in service of us. Even when, even though the men and women who, you know, tell them where they're going to go are not operating with the purest of intentions many times. But You know, they've fought for us, they have bled for us, they have died for us. And even though, again, some of the missions should not have ever been started. But that doesn't mean they're all bad. And, you know, when we have these conversations, we need to do a better job of distinguishing that. But anyhow, um, look, he served his country, um, and for that he should get he should get the same honor, the same respect, the same reverence that we give other men and women who rose and succeeded to the level that he did. So here, uh, we will say rest in peace. We will th we will say thank you for your service, General Powell. Um, And uh, one more. Well, so the NFL did what I figured they were going to do um, with this Gruden stuff. It was basically they turned him into Patsy. I mean, so because like last week, up until like Thursday, you know, it was all Gruden all the time on ESPN and. You know, the, the NFL-related shows and First Take and Get Up and all that stuff. And then by Friday, it was gone. And it's funny because, you know, last Friday morning, there was when a couple other stories dropped in the news um, that Bruce Allen, who was the Washington team president at the time and was, was is Gruden's boy, was essentially cahooting with the league's top lawyer, Jeff Pash, and they got, you know, penalties rescinded for the Washington football team, and they also shared in some, you know, political joking around or whatever. It wasn't particularly good. Um, like um, Bruce Allen and Pash were joking around about, you know, they got an initiative for hiring women and minorities, but when they're going to have an initiative for hiring Republicans. And, I mean, if you know anything about the league ownership, I mean, NFL ownership might have been the most you know, MAGA of all sports. So that's that's just hilarious. And you know, for a lot of the men who work in higher up in front offices and all <coughs> well they're mostly middle aged and older white dudes. 
So, I mean, that demographic skews heavily Republican. So, I mean, please. They're not hiring a bunch of hippies to fill these jobs. So it's just a joke. And, I mean, not joking and ha-ha. It's just real funny to your boy over here. And it, uh, they're complaining about that when it's like, yeah, they went from 100% to 90. I mean, please. But anyway, that, you know, that came out. And then there's more stories about the uh, sexual harassment culture that was going on. You know, when Bruce Allen was team president in Washington, right, those stories came out and more reporting came out about that. On Friday morning, but you did not see any of that on ESPN Friday. <coughs> that stuff got flushed down the rabbit hole or the memory hole or the toilet or whatever. And they moved, you know, they moved on from the Gruden stuff to the usual Friday morning, you know, banter about what's going to happen over the weekend. And, yeah. So they completely just flaunted the purposes, you know, flushed everything else. And you better believe that that was at the request of the league itself. Or I should say, well, you know what, they didn't, didn't have to request it because at this point... ESPN already knows what to do. There's an old saying I got from a friend of a couple of friends of mine, um, Steve and Tony. <laughs> and it's what's understood need not be explained. And I'm sure some of y'all have heard that. And it's pretty self-explanatory. If you already know what to do, I don't have to tell you. And that's exactly what, what's going on here. You know, the NFL's partners in the media, and they call them partners for a reason, because it means we work together. Because, and, <laughs> and look, sports media, for all intents and purposes, is state-run media when it comes to the NFL. So you already know what to do. They already know what to do. They know when to drop a story. And by drop, I mean get rid of. And that's what they're doing here. They completely said you're up to be the patsy because you can just dump everything on at his feet and he's been fired. So he's not there anymore. And Bruce Allen is currently not employed. And it's real simple that, you know, he probably won't get hired again. No, he'll get he won't get hired again because the stuff he said in his emails, but also he's not very competent anyway. And Gruden was his main boy as far as coaches. And in the past, they either, you know, Bruce and John or Bruce and Jay Gruden have been, you know, package deals of sorts. So, yeah. I mean, look, the people who are most likely to bring those stories back into the news or not employed. So you just don't have to talk about them anymore. And <clears throat> voila, the other stories have been deep synced because that's what the NFL does. And I'm going to 
you want to, the best way to describe the NFL is a four-word phrase that became regular lexicon back in 2008, and it's too big to fail. Let me explain what that means. So yeah, the NFL is too big to fail. Now, let me explain. Well, first, there are entire TV networks whose very existence is dependent on the NFL. All right. Um, Fox, for example, had like zero credibility as a network before they took the NFL from CBS back in like 1993. All right. Um, and when CBS lost the NFL... They moved heaven and earth to get it back. <laughs> okay. And um and actually it was that that whole kind of fighting to get it back that led the NFL to do a very smart thing, which is you know, while the networks, you know, bid on NFL games and whatnot, but what they very the NFL very smartly did is they figured out that if we give everybody a taste, then everybody will be beholden to us to a certain degree. And I mean, like the NFL is like the one thing that gets like guaranteed huge TV ratings now. So every network that has NFL games wants to keep NFL games because that's one thing that can bring you in a lot of money. And, and, and you know, the NFL is there every year, unlike, you know, presidential elections or, you know, wars or things that, you know, run up a lot of TV viewership, you know, like last year, of course, with COVID, right? But those things come and go. The NFL is always there. So the NFL basically keeps a lot of TV networks alive from year to year. So they can't afford to see the NFL, you know, diminish in any capacity or any serious capacity. Um, same thing with newspapers. Same thing with the gambling industry. Okay, I mean, I don't think that in 2021 there are that many people who are going out to casinos to play cards and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, there there still are, but, you know, sports book is a crucial part of any type of gambling operation now. Um, you know, and then there are all just the other kind of residual industries that profit from having NFL players and owners and executives as customers. Right, and that's just the tip of the iceberg that I've gotten to. There's a bunch of other stuff that I, you know, haven't mentioned or haven't thought of or whatever. So all of these folks are invested in the NFL, not just staying in business, but being as big as it is now. 
So where does that lead me here? Well, there are certain stories that if you get enough of them at the same time and they pile up, you can definitely have a, an integrity problem as far as how people would view the league. So as a result, those stories are neutralized, <laughs> so to speak, very quickly. So with this Gruden thing, there, there were a couple of other news stories that came out in the wake of it. And one was you know, some more stuff with the investigations of the Washington football team as far as you know, sexual harassment, culture, and all of that, that, that was going on there. And the other thing is the, all that, um, you know, Washington's former team president was real chummy with the, you know, league attorney or head league attorney. And that was another one of the things that came out through the, you know, football team investigation and the emails with Gruden and all of that. Those are, so those are two very damaging stories, and they got basically shut down as far as you know public perception or whatever because the Gruden stuff took up so much real estate last week. And don't think for one minute that wasn't some kind of planned thing. All right. Because, look, um, once the Gruden thing became more than a one-day story, then somebody in the league office saw opportunity. Because Gruden is just one guy. You can have one guy dominate the news for a week and ultimately fire him and then send him on his way. And, by, and then, so Gruden, look, Gruden was the patsy. Right? He was set up to take all the heat and get all the attention and then that way the you know league could work its little magic behind closed doors to make everyone understand that we're just not going to talk about this other stuff okay And now, now, did they threaten people? Of course not, especially not now. You don't have to do that now. You know, an old friend of mine has a saying that, you know, what's understood need not be explained. And in 2021, like, they don't have to explain it anymore. Maybe, you know, in 1990, they would have, you know, the league office would have had to call some people, like ASPN or whatever, like, hey, man, um, Y'all not going to talk about this, okay? But in 2021, it's already understood. And you could tell by just the TV coverage last week when it was nothing but John Gruden to talk about, they went wire to wire. But when this other stuff came up on Friday, they didn't talk about it. They went straight to the you know upcoming game coverage that they usually do on Friday. I paid attention. I peep game on that. And like there's there there there's some bigger, more sinister things that 
could, you know, have and will come out, or will at least have mm -hmm. some stories written about them. But those stories just aren't going to change the traction or get traction or long-lasting traction because ESPN and the other channels know where their bread is buttered. And instead, you know, like I said, you'll get you'll get grewed and served up for a week, and and you'll get other things like the next thing I'm about to get to here. <laughs> All right, so this uh, John Gruden stuff has taken a bit of a turn. Well, yeah. Well, for one, okay, so he he was called by a producer from HBO Real Sports. And basically, let it be known that he was not going to keep quiet. Did it, did it, he's well, he said like the truth will come out. So since we got the emails and all from him, he can't be claiming innocence or that he didn't say the stuff. So what this looks like means that he's going to be snitching. Because <coughs> he's not going to go down by himself. <laughs> no, no, no. He's going to Nino Brown and saying, look, if y'all going to take me down, I'm taking a whole bunch of people down with me. And let me say this. I do not blame him. Okay? Because they literally tried to, the NFL literally tried to deep six the entire, you know, the investigation into the Washington football team and, you know, God knows what else, right? They tried to basically deep six that and, you know, make it go off the media radar. And they served him up as a patsy all week last week to, you know, get all the attention and to get all the talking head debate and all of that stuff, right? So he rightfully sees himself not as the scapegoat, because scapegoat means that you're actually innocent. But like I said, he's a patsy, right? They they set him up to take the heat, basically, and he's not trying to hear that. So he's so he's insinuating that he's gonna you know drop a dime on some folks, which you know what? Good, because listen, you do not. Like the, these things don't stop themselves, and what usually happens is you're dealing with like a bunch of bad folks, and usually one of the rats turns on the rest of them, and that's what's going to go on here, right? Because he got served up, he lost a coaching job, he's a you know his name is Mud right now, and he obviously look he sees and he knows a lot of people who were saying the same type of stuff he was saying. And they didn't get put out there on Front Street. So now what he's going to do is he's going to get to talking. All right. And and I'm all for that because, look, these things do not solve themselves. They don't solve themselves for altruism and they don't solve themselves, period. Okay. You're dealing. Ouch. And I just dropped the phone in my mouth and that hurt. <laughs> but, um, look, you're dealing with a bunch of jerks all sides and what happens is one of the jerks gets caught and then the rest of the jerks try to you know put it all on him and 
he's not hearing it. He's not having it. So he's gonna he's gonna rat on everybody. Which I'm all for. Because let me tell you, I look, I told all my friends on the top, if we ever do some dirt together, and if I'm one if I get if I get caught, I'm talking. You just call me the snitch. So look, I told him that off the top. And I'm just letting it be known, right? Because you know, in, in the real world, you know, all that I ain't no snitch stuff is it, it, nonsense. Okay? People talk. And you better believe if you don't talk, they ain't got your homeboy to talk. Alright? And that's what it is what it is. So look, he got busted and the league pretty much just said, okay, we got him. And tried to move on. And he, like I said, he, he's not going to do that. He's not going to settle for that. So he's, you know, I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. And now let's go from that to, remember last week I talked about the um, well, EA Sports deleting him from the game. How that was just dumb. Well, we have some more useless gestures this week. The the Raiders, the the team that you know he used to coach, announced that the Grambling State University marching band will perform at halftime of Sunday's game, and also that multiple Grammy-winning, award-winning artist Yolanda Adams will perform the national anthem prior to kickoff. So, once again. <laughs> Once again, some stuff happens that looks really bad for some company or some organization. And a few of us get hooked up with some things. <laughs> oh, boy. So, look, I mean, good for Grambling. They're going to get to perform. Hopefully, it'll be on TV. Hopefully, they'll get shown on camera. And, you know. And then Yolanda Adams is going to get to sing the National Anthem. They'll probably show that on TV. And so a couple of us are going to get showcased. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. Because look, look. You know, sometimes you got to laugh to keep them crying. And, what, and sometimes, you know what? Well, when, when some stuff happens, like with Gruden, you know, and... Look, if, if if you're one of the offended parties, if you're a member of the, one of the offended parties, then better have all your pictures and presentations ready because you might have a chance to, to come up off of <laughs> with some off of the racism. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just funny because, you know, this stuff happens and then when something like this goes down, one of us always manages to get a job out of it or something <laughs> or a gig or some kind out of it or something. And it's just hilarious. And it, it, it's still going on to this day. And um, so look, good for Grambling, good for Yolanda Adams, and good for everyone else who manages to turn this into some opportunity to get a job or get some money. Because you know why? Because at the end of the day, You make of things which can. <laughs> so, 
Take advantage of the situation if you have the opportunity. There's no shame in that. You know why? Because them same folks wasn't giving you no opportunity anyway. All right. If it take if it takes this for them to give you an opportunity, then you take it. And they're the ones that are gonna look stupid, not you. So it is what it is. <laughs> but it's still pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, all right, all right, all right, all right, we're gonna move on. <laughs> Alright, so this, this is an early Friday morning story that I got in just before I published the show. <laughs> so there was a, some guy in a national park in South Africa who is suspected of trying to poach an elephant, which means, you know, he, he went to the park, went to kill an elephant illegally, Right? Because, look, there's some places where you're... Well, I think killing elephants is illegal pretty much everywhere. So this guy went in to poach elephant. And it ended badly for him. Yeah. Turns out the elephant trampled him. Now, you might be wondering, well, 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 how could you be speaking about this in a jovial tone of voice? Well, because when it comes to stuff like this, I'm Team Elephant. All right, and look, I'm team animal in general when it comes to people poaching, all right, or infringing on their territory, or a bunch of other stuff. All right, them elephants ain't had nothing to do, ain't, ain't do nothing wrong to that man for him to be out there trying to poach him. All right, this clown, you know, he wants to kill the elephant for ivory and the tusks more than likely and it just so happened at this time the elephant got drop on him and then got to stomp on him too <laughs> look man all right look okay i'm not like you know one of these PETA people but i generally believe that You shouldn't be out here just killing animals, all right? And look, yes, we eat meat, okay? Yes, and, you know, killing an animal so that we can eat meat is, is one thing. Uh, look, I'm meat, I, I eat, I'm not a vegetarian or anything. Look, I eat hamburgers, I eat chicken and, and all that stuff. So, obviously, I'm okay with some degree of animal killing, all right? But then there's some stuff that's, just egregious to me it's completely unnecessary and <clears throat> killing an elephant so you can get the ivory tusks and sell it and get is completely unnecessary it's wrong um period all right and look while i am not one of those people who's gonna throw paint on your, your fur coat or whatever which i think is really an asshole thing to do um I don't think you really need to be walking around in a fur coat either. Okay? I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to, you know, shame you or whatever for doing it. But, I, is it really all that necessary? But in this case. In, in this case in particular. Wait, good job, elephants. Alright, and. Good look, um. 
we keep infringing on these animals and on their territory and we keep you know building more and more neighborhoods in spaces where we don't need to be building neighborhoods right and we keep doing that and we keep sprawling further and further out into these animals habitats and yes obviously some of that is needed but we keep doing that and we keep expanding and we don't need to do all this expanding and there's another conversation totally be to be had just why we keep doing a lot of this expanding in some places and if you're a listener of this show you know who I'm going to put that on <laughs> but um listen um something's got to give and you keep pushing these animals well some of them going to push back <laughs> and we need to be reminded sometimes that you know just straight up a lot of these animals are bigger stronger faster than us and if you get too close they just might stomp on you so mr poacher well sucks to suck sucks to be you it is what it is and every other cliche i can you might want to throw in there all right That's the way the cookie crumbles, and that's the way the elephant tramples, I guess, right? <laughs> okay, I guess, okay, that's, 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 that, maybe that was a bit much, you know, or maybe it wasn't. Well, I can tell you what was a bit much, I'm trying to poach the elephant. And that guy found out the hard way. Ooh, boy. Anyway, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's enough. Enough of that. Enough of that. Just a word of advice. If you want to poach something, poach some eggs. Don't try to poach an elephant. Because you too might get trampled on. And you may also be the, the butt of a segment on this show. Anyhow, all right, that's enough. I'm terrible. I know. Not as terrible as the poachers, though. <laughs> Way to go, Dumbo. <laughs> Keep racking them up, brother. <laughs> Sorry. Not really, but you know. Okay, 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 okay. That's enough. We're moving on now. All right, so that's it for this week. Uh, you know, Halloween's on the way. We'll be here for long. If you're going to do the trick-or-treating thing, have fun. Well, I guess I should wait till next week to, to wish you a happy Halloween. But anyway... <laughs> Um, well, um, okay, so I don't really have anything to say here, um, to be honest. So, instead of mumbling for like five or ten minutes trying to figure out how to say goodbye for the week, I'm just going to say it. Uh, anyway, so look, um, as always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, God bless you guys, talk to you next week, and... 
If you're the praying type of person, please say one for me because I'm heading back to the basketball court this weekend and I will give you an update on how that goes next week. <laughs> Take care.